Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, Episode 88, Leading for Social Responsibility. Do your company's actions match your values? This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. You know, once again, it's wonderful to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of success and growth. So Pam, what are we talking about today? The growing trend of leading a company for social responsibility and the transformations of values that go with that. We recently saw an article in Chief Executive written by the former CEO of BP, John Brown. Mm -hmm. He was discussing the growing trend of CEOs leading the way of incorporating social and environmental issues into the core purpose of the company. Now, this goes beyond traditional social engagement and philanthropy. Mm -hmm. It becomes an integral part of the company strategy and execution. Right. And as you say, this is permeating a wide range of companies. You have BP, where they're embracing not only uh, environmentally friendly renewable energy sources in addition to petroleum, they are also promoting diversity in their workforce as a means of engaging and getting greater employee productivity, as we discussed just a a little bit ago with Jane Howes. Walmart also is doing this in their environmental responsibility initiatives. Mm -hmm. Unilever, IBM, a lot of the big companies, but not just the big companies, smaller companies, mid-market companies are doing this. In fact, a great example of this is Kind Snacks. And we talked a while back about Dan Lebetsky, who's the CEO of Kind, and in his book, Do the Kind Thing, he talks about how Kind is not just about selling product, but has embraced and embedded social responsibility in a wide range of ways into their whole corporate culture, their whole corporate ethos, how they do their work. So it's clear that this trend is permeating companies of all sizes. In addition, once the leadership decides they're going to go in this direction, they're also expecting their suppliers and their strategic partners to have similar types of values in terms of how they conduct business. Well, that's right. So, that example is Walmart, which has rolled not only their environmental conscientiousness across their company, but out to their suppliers and partners as well. Yes. Exactly. While this trend isn't new, momentum of this movement is dramatically increasing. Right. More people are demanding that companies take stronger responsibility for addressing societal issues. So what this article shows to me is that more CEOs are picking up on the message that their stakeholders are sending and realizing that doing well by doing good isn't just a slogan. It really does exist. 
This means that more leadership teams are going to be faced with making defining decisions about leading for social responsibility and how to incorporate this into their company's core purpose and every aspect of how they function. A real challenge. Now, another key point that was made in the article is that this has to be driven from the CEO and it needs to be reinforced in a variety of different ways that are perceived as relevant to all stakeholders. In other words, the actions need to match these transforming values. And there has to be reinforcement across the entire organization, down through top management to middle management, all the way down, so that people don't see it as just blah, 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 we say this, but we expect something else. So where to start? Yeah. That's where written values can help. Okay. You talked about Dan Lebetsky. Sure. He has 10 tenants mm-hmm. that represent incorporating social issues into business. He calls it the kind way. Yes. This informs all types of decisions they've made over the years. Everything from sourcing ingredients in a particular way to making their bars with whole nuts and fruits, even though it was more costly and difficult. These are just examples of how written values can translate into something that has concrete top and bottom line ramifications. And at their best, these formal written statements of value and how it's translated into action, they accelerate decision making, they inform how people do things, how Mm -hmm. people think about the business, because they clarify the guiding principles and the purpose behind what these written values mm-hmm. are saying. That's at their best. Yeah. Now the challenge is yeah. that as the business environment is changing so rapidly, right. even the most well thought out values can drift. Mm-hmm. So why would that happen? You've got new people. Sure. You've got, as we're seeing, changes in societal trends mm-hmm. and needs. Mm-hmm. And technology. Technology changes, competitive threats and challenges emerge. And so we're making these decisions. What are we going to do to respond? Mm -hmm. It's very easy to get out of sync with even the best written values. So this is beyond a conundrum. It can be something that gradually happens and others can begin to see the written value and the behavior doesn't match. And that is disastrous potentially because that could engender uh, cynicism. It could engender a tendency for people to say, well, okay, that's what they say, but we're going to do it a different way. And that could, at its worst, be invisible. And in fact, more than could, I've dealt a number of times with it. when it has. So it's vital for your stakeholders to perceive that your values are relevant as your company transforms and grows. That's what this episode is about, is Mm -hmm. how to do it. And we're going to take a quick break now. And when we come back, we'll build on this discussion and talk about how to evaluate the quality of the connection between your company's stated values and what is actually happening and how to keep that connection strong. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful leaders and their companies to accelerate to their next level of growth and success. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 88, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the left of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. 
And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are talking about how to keep your company's values relevant as your business environment changes and your company transforms and grows. And I want to add that on the episode 88 page, there is going to also be an article that talks about this. So That we wrote. That we wrote. That's right. That's right. Very good. And so now, Pam, let's talk a little bit about how leaders can tell if their values really are relevant to their employees, to their customers and other stakeholders. And it really comes down to detecting if there's a gap that's starting to form. And it's not always easy to find. It's not always easy to see because we're in our own own systems. It's kind of like that boiling frog, Mm -hmm. uh, which is awful. Boiling Uh, frog. Boiling frog metaphor. You know, if you put a frog in hot water, it'll jump right out. If you put a frog in cold water and slowly heat it, so the saying goes, uh, the frog won't notice. Ever the scientist. Yeah, well, what can I say? (laughs) But I'm... no frogs were harmed in in the making of this episode. So Thank I, goodness. Frog, frog, uh, I'm I like for frog to think safety. Of it, I like to think of it as being a detective. Okay. And, you know, we talked about detecting. You right. really literally have to put on the mindset of being a detective because, like you said, you're not in your own system. You can't necessarily see it easily. So if you know some of the guidelines, and that's what I've spent time sure. over the years writing about, Uh, Both in my book and doing, of course. So uh, let's talk about a few of them. Sure. And one of the things that I think is so easy to begin to see this is with some of the written policies and practices and procedures. Mm Now, first of all, if some of this sounds like signs of culture, that's because values really are the underpinnings of culture. Well, value culture is what it's about: values, values, beliefs, beliefs and, and practices. practices what things, right? What people really do. Exactly. Yeah. So when we're talking about values, we're talking about culture. Yeah. You know, maybe that makes it easier okay. for some people. But anyway, the written policies, the practices, and procedures. So, for example, are employees behaving in a way that demonstrates that they see the particular value as relevant? Well, I remember just recently going yeah. to Nordstrom, and I had to return a pair of shoes. Yeah. And I went up to the person. I thought, oh, I don't have, I didn't even have the receipt. Mm-hmm. And then he reminded me, remember, Nordstrom's doesn't expect a receipt. Yes. And so I tried it. And it was stunning. But the person who was there very quickly, I didn't know whether he was a manager or he wasn't a manager. He took the shoes. He said, fine. He said, we wouldn't want you to wear them if, if they they're hurt. hurting your feet. Yeah, right. This is an example. Yes, it's of customer service. But the fact is that here was an employee mm-hmm. that was behaving consistent with that value. So it was written down and you saw consistent behavior. Unfortunately, we've seen companies where uh, sometimes a value is written down, well, like that printer, you know, we care and the behavior doesn't mirror that. So you really have to look at the behavior of the person, of the employees, really, Mm -hmm. not the person. That's a management issue. Well, right. But of the employees and the organization as a whole. Mm -hmm. On the whole, are the policies being upheld? 
Uh, I used to say when I was working within corporate, I'd say it's always time to change the policy when 40% of the time you're starting to see exceptions to yeah. the rule. And that's probably too high, but in the day, because if you have to make exceptions to a policy that often, that policy doesn't mean anything. And the policy, again, is a reflection of a value. Of a value. Now, that's that's one side where right. you say, you know, what this value, that as it's written down, doesn't reflect what's really important or happening around here. You alluded to it just a moment ago. If people are not behaving according to the values as the leaders believe and, and they're written down and, and they're promoted, that's not necessarily a sign that the value statement has to change or the policy has to change. Well, that's it, right. It could be a management It or, could be or a management issue. That's why you have to look beyond this one thing. Sure. This is just one example. In fact, there are a number of examples, and the article I'm talking about talks about a few others. Mm -hmm. But another one to look at is incentives and rewards. For example, who is getting promoted? Right. Is it the person that actually practices uh, diversity and inclusion? Mm -hmm. Or is it the person who doesn't? And people see this kind of habit. Now, if it's one time, again, you know, one time is one time. Yeah. Although, even one time... For some things, is, For some is just things not, is not enough, right. right? So if you look at, is this person a team player? Mm -hmm. Or is the person uh, known to hoard information and resources? So when you start seeing this kind of thing being practiced, you can begin to say, hmm, why is it happening? Why is it happening? And no, you don't want to change reasons. the values to say, you know, we want loose cannons to go out there and create havoc, no. even though those loose cannons may be producing a lot of business. So, so you've got your you formal, to, okay. your formal values, yeah. and then you've got what really happens, and that was. Uh, well, so when those are out of sync, what do you do? Well, we're going to talk about that, but I want to talk about one more. Sure. Uh, and that would be customs. Customs in a company, and that again, we think about that customs uh, as cultural. Right. So let's say that you are in a company and you've written down, you're the leader, you've written down that you value work-life uh, balance. Sure. And that's very popular and it's a wonderful thing to say and we want to attract and retain talent, of right? Of course, right. But what if you actually, the experience is that employees are routinely working beyond the official hours or they're working on weekends. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of companies out there that do this. Right. And sometimes it's it's not because, you know, someone is cracking the whip. It's because they're jazz, they're engaged. We see this a lot in, in startups, especially in mid-market exactly. companies that are growing like crazy. So you've got these people who are just expending huge amounts of effort, and yet you've got this value statement, work-life balance. Right. So you have to think about how is that relevant? And of course, some people talk about aspirational values versus the core values. Well, right. we know that that's not going on here because that's an aspirational value. My, my feeling is do or don't do 
There is no try. Isn't oh, that Star you're, Wars? You're, you're quoting Yoda from Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> well, it's coming up. It, well, you know, the, the next, movie is, yeah, yeah epi- the next episode is seven. Right. Yeah. But do or don't do, there is no try. It's confusing when yeah. you say these are our values and we aspire to them when, when it definitely is not going on. Okay. I believe, for instance, that if you're not there yet, you could have a value that's aspirational by writing it in a way that would say, we strive to increase the diversity mm-hmm. in our company. Or we strive to increase work, work-life balance as much as possible. Ever Consi- increasing, yeah. ever right. increasing. And maybe that's really where it needs to go always. Mm-hmm. So when what's happening isn't congruent with what the values statements are, people can see that the values are not relevant and Unfortunately, they can throw everything out. None of these values are relevant. People can get a little dramatic about it. One of the other things I want to mention is the need to use a variety of sources. I want to emphasize that Mm -hmm. in terms of observation, interviews, focus groups, surveys, uh, and the like to gain these perceptions because no one way of getting this information is enough all by itself. Well, that's true. I remember going into one company and the CEO had, before I came in, he had conducted a 360 degree survey, mm-hmm. feedback and all this, and he got the feedback and people were saying a lot of things. And his response was, these people are whiners. That was his initial response mm-hmm. because it hurt because yeah. he couldn't see it. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't give answers. And it, and it to didn't what, give answers. Yeah. And eventually he was able to come around and see it and they made amazing strides. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's most important here is that although at times it could seem as though people are wrong about the feedback, mm-hmm. even mistaken perceptions trigger real action. Oh, that's true. So you have to care what people are saying mm-hmm. because chances are they're doing it too. Yeah. So with that, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about keeping values relevant as your company transforms and grows. Some practical tips. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Can you do us a favor? If you're enjoying and gaining useful insights from Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, can you let us know by writing a short review on iTunes? Not only does this let us know what you value, your review is one of the most important ways that we could reach others who will benefit as well. And now we have a special limited time offer. The first 10 people who submit reviews between September 14th and October 14th, 2016 will receive a complimentary autographed copy of my book, Preventing Strategic Gridlock. Reviewers have said that this book is a timeless resource and a great book for overcoming stalls that derail strategic progress, regardless of the economy. To look inside, visit this Preventing Strategic Gridlock page on Amazon.com. Just be one of the first 10 people to contact us by October 14th, 2016, using the link on growthignitersradio.com. Let us know about your new review, and we'll get your autographed copy to you right away. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking about ways to keep values 
relevant as your company transforms and grows. And just to remind you that we do have an article that talks more about this on the growthignitersradio.com episode 88 page. Very good. So Pam, we've been talking about the concepts. Let's let's get practical. Let's talk about some immediately actionable steps that our listeners can take to get a feeling for how they can keep gaps between values and behavior in the company from growing and see, and making all the values seem irrelevant. Okay. One of the things certainly is keeping it real. Yes. Every value should somehow have a way of being demonstrated. Even if it's you're not there yet, mm-hmm. show how you're continuing to strive because that is a value of itself. Another is frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, incorporating discussions about values into real-time situations. I know one company that actually includes in their regular meetings mm-hmm. a five-minute section on their agenda talking about a real-time situation that they have, uh, that they might be having, and how do they incorporate their values okay. into addressing this. Well, that makes sense. It, it Essentially, what... What you're saying, what I hear you saying is that the more that everyone in the company from the top on down can really articulate what what the values look like in action, in behavior, that just like the Nordstrom's example, you know, we value our customers, well, we won't hassle our customers when they need something from us. And it will turn out good in the end. The more concrete you can be about what these kind of abstract ideas are, mm-hmm. the more people are going to act on them mm-hmm. and be consistent. And modeling is is absolutely important. You, you know, don't, the old uh, do as I say, not as I do, doesn't work if you're trying to to reinforce values. In fact, uh, you bring up a good point. There is one of my favorite books that I haven't talked about is the book called Credibility by Kuzis and Posner. In that book, one of the things that they did is they came up with a study mm-hmm. and they found that the most credible leaders were the ones that practiced the value of do what you say you will do. Ah, okay. Do yeah. what you say you will do. Mm-hmm. So whether it's aspirational or whether it's a core value, that is, it's that sacrosanct value, mm-hmm. uh, do what you say you will do. And the more consistent it is from leaders on down, the more people go, yeah, I, I believe in that. And it's going to inform decisions. Mm-hmm. Going back... Uh, many years now, many people may or may not know that I actually used to work for Johnson & Johnson company. But well well before I joined them, there was that terrible, terrible episode where someone put poison in Tylenol capsules. Mm-hmm. And when I joined the company, although that had been 20 years or so before I joined, that was still part of, that story was still part of the culture. And people said, we made that decision, the leaders of that time made that decision based upon the values. They said, we have this credo in Johnson & Johnson that Mm -hmm. says we will protect our customers. And they pulled every single bottle of Tylenol off the shelves. They didn't try to say, well, you know, what lot, da-da-da-da, bang. And that was driven by that value. That's right. And what's important here also is, here you were, you joined 
well after that episode. And it informed a lot of your own actions and the actions of your colleagues. So it's not only, in this case, a way of governance, Mm -hmm. it's it's also a way of attracting people, because there's something very exciting about a company that lives up to its values. And when those slip, it can be very damaging to morale. And people don't realize it. So, I mean, that kind of takes us full circle. Almost nobody intends to (laughs) ever... Uh, go away from their values. No. But it can happen for very understandable reasons, and it will happen for very understandable reasons, unless you're making a concerted effort periodically. Mm-hmm. And so that's my final piece of advice here, is you have to come back to this on an ongoing basis, at least a few times a year, mm-hmm. to look for ways to audit, for lack of a better word, how those values are being exemplified in your everyday business by all the levels, not just employees on the front line, not just leadership, not just middle management, but everybody, including the board. And when that happens, bang, you've got relevant values and they will drive decisions and drive behavior consistently year after year, even as the company is transforming and changing. Well said. Okay, well, thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And to check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, or find out about upcoming episodes, or even open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 88. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about. What will you do starting today to find out how relevant your value statements are to employees and other stakeholders? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.